Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, July 16th, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, you've got a new website, blog to me. What is that all about? Uh, I wasn't busy enough, so I decided to do another thing, apparently. That's what that's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> so is this is not your like your professional website, this is just a blog or is it both? No, it's both. I used to have my professional I've gone through a lot of different hosts for my website and decided on a new one because the last one I had was more or less I could either just or the last two I've had was either you could have a website or you could have a blog, but you couldn't have both. So I wanted to have both. I wanted to have something that I could both have my portfolio on and also, you know, blog about things that I care about and occasionally write reviews. Though Those are mainly going to go on Medium and then be linked back. Very cool. All right. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes if people want to follow along. Can people like subscribe to it? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Please subscribe. And I don't get money off of it. So it'll it's just for my personal vanity at this point. Okay, good. I have no idea how these things work, but we'll have a link in there and people can check it out. And uh, you need a website. No, I do not. <laughs> I really don't. I uh, just talking to people like on this podcast and stuff. That's way more out front and center than I prefer to be, as we've discussed uh, off air before. Yeah. Um, so having a website just seems very much not my thing. But anyway, I'm happy for you. Though. Thank you. All right. So um, also something that made me happy yesterday, Ashley, was that we got Ooh. some really heartening news in the afternoon on Monday, as it was announced that Heidi Shrek's "What the Constitution Means to Me" had recouped its investment on Broadway and. Everything from now through the next six weeks of its Broadway run and then the subsequent tour will be profit. The show is obviously one of the cheaper capitalizations on Broadway at $2.5 million. Shrek even kind of jokes about that to a certain extent in the show itself, uh, talking about how at this point she would like to have the walls of the set go away, but they don't have enough money to do that. But nonetheless, there is little doubt in my mind that this is one of the best Broadway business stories in recent memory, Ashley. I've talked about the fact that I was, I didn't think that this was the show that should go into the haze because I thought it would be a really tough sell on Broadway. Clearly, yeah. I am an idiot and I am wrong and I could not be happier. Uh, of course, after the Broadway run ends on August 24th, the show will play a run at the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. from September 11th through the 22nd with the Broadway cast. Then in January, a 22-city national tour will launch from Los Angeles's Mark Taper Forum without the Broadway cast. We'll get back to that in a second. But in other Heidi Shrek news on Monday, Ashley, in an interview with AM New York, she talked about the fact that A, the notorious RBG was her favorite public figure to attend the show, which, duh. Obviously. Uh, and she also <laughs> said that she was working on a, quote, top secret new play, as well as a number of other TV projects, including a TV series based on a memoir called Priest Daddy by poet Patricia Lockwood, which actually gives me a lot of Adam Scott Fleabag vibes. But uh, yeah, so uh, she's obviously staying really busy. I'm super happy that we're going to be getting uh, a lot more work from Heidi Shrek in the future. But since this national tour is going to go out without Heidi Shrek playing Heidi Shrek, do you have any ideas as to who you would like to see play that part? And don't say Meryl Streep. Let's keep it in the, the realm of the uh, actually possible. I thought you were going to say, don't say Patty Lapone, since that's my answer for everything <laughs> ever. She's going to um, be busy. 
I would like someone like Rachel Bay Jones. I think that would be fun. And they kind of resemble each other, too. They do resemble each other a lot, which is probably why she's, like, burrowed in my brain about it. But, yeah, she's the first person who comes to my head. I'd like to see her do a straight play since she did Evan Hansen. What about you? Um, uh, Patty LaPone. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, Get okay. a producer in here immediately. Yeah, seriously. Um, okay, Ashley, let's talk about last week's Broadway grosses. I'm honestly not going to spend as much time on this as we normally do, because obviously the whole thing's weird uh, with Saturday's blackout messing things up. Obviously, not only are most shows missing a performance, but is generally the biggest box office night as well. So it's not just missing a performance. It's missing its biggest performance. So not going to spend a whole lot of time going through all of the different numbers, uh, but we will hit a few of them. I will mention that Moulin Rouge, which did cancel a Saturday night performance, it still actually played more shows than it did the previous week as it moved from five to six. It was supposed to be five to seven, but it still did more. And they picked up over $158,000 to come in at just a couple of can-can seats short of $1,490,000 in six shows. Hamilton was, of course, on top, but it was closer to Lion King than normal, which happened to be because Hamilton only did seven shows, but Lion King still did eight, uh, which is weird. I I find it weird that Lion King didn't have a show on Saturday night for some reason. Yeah. Um, Although (laughs) maybe they had uh, a screening of the film like L. Steven Taylor mentioned to me that they were going to have uh, on Tell Me More. So maybe that explains why. But um, anyway. There were a total of 12 shows in seven figures last week. Hamilton, The Lion King, To Kill a Mockingbird, Wicked, Moulin Rouge, which was fifth in just six performances last week. Then we have Dave Chappelle in residence pulling in $1.4 million in just four performances. He actually did have a Saturday night show planned, but they canceled it. Then he did an impromptu show at the Gramercy Theater, I believe, Ashley, uh, which is pretty cool because he's Dave Chappelle and he does whatever the hell he wants. Exactly. And people will come. Yes, they will. Um, He (laughs) lives out in Yellow Springs, Ohio, on a farm in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of a hippie town. There's a college, Antioch College there. It's always been a place that's kind of been stuck in the 70s. I mean, I'm lots of uh, pot being smoked there. And Uh, Dave Chappelle. Yes, which explains everything um Ooh, also yeah. in seven <laughs> figures we had aladdin ain't too proud cursed child frozen Hades Town, and dear evan hansen now actually there were only two shows amongst the bottom seven of the grossest hierarchy that do not already have a closing date set uh and those are waitress which was third for the bottom at 449k and beautiful which was sixth from the bottom at 519k now obviously we shouldn't put too much stock into those numbers on their own because of the lack of a saturday night performance but they were both just above 50% of their gross potential and at just a little over 71% capacity. And those numbers in the peak of the summer season don't bode well. Um, We've already put them on bubble watch, but I'd keep my eye out for someone running around Broadway with a really long, sharp pin over the next few weeks, potentially bursting bubbles. Mm. Similarly, what's weird is if you look at the numbers between Waitress and Beautiful, and Tootsie, you're going to see a lot that's pretty similar. Tootsie brought in $835,623 in seven shows last week, which is obviously a lot more than either of those, but it was at just 56.2% of its gross potential and at 72.4% of capacity at the very large, less than hospitable marquee theater. Though their numbers are similar to Waitress and Beautiful's, those shows have been around for many a year. They've both recouped, but 
Tootsie does still have its Tony winning star in the Tony winning role. So I wouldn't be surprised if they held on a little longer, but it's not looking good for them either. So either of those three, all of those three, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something tomorrow or today on Tuesday or if sometime between now and Labor Day or even the end of the year. But I, I think those three are the next three to go, Ashley. But mm-hmm. the nice thing about these weird grosses this week is that next week, everyone is going to see massive bumps so we can all celebrate that. Yeah, I guess if nothing else, all these shows can have the feel good moment for a week of our numbers went up for once, actually. <laughs> what a weird week. It's just so weird. It, I mean, it's hard to really even do any analysis of it just because it is so bizarre. But yeah. All right, let's move over to some recommendations here, Ashley. First, we have a video that comes from the Green Room 42, where Adam Guan previewed some songs from his upcoming show, Scotland PA, that's coming to the Roundabout Theater Company this fall. He had a bunch of different stars there doing songs from a lot of his things, but we do have some uh, performances from Taylor Amon Jones, Dave Thomas Brown, uh, Ben Fankhauser, uh, and more, giving some previews of these songs that uh, are going to be in this musical coming up later this year that I'm really excited about, so check that out. And then this was sent over to me um, by our friend Jan Simpson. Ah, and it comes from Slate's um, Hit Parade podcast, where normally they talk about, you know, pop music that mm-hmm. I've established I don't know a whole lot about. Um, but uh, <laughs> at the end of June, they did an episode specifically about Broadway and how the medium has come back to have a little bit of a resurgence in terms of the popularity of show tunes. And uh, they kind of talk about a lot of the the evolution of the show tune. They have a great slate playlist uh, called The Lullaby of Broadway. that has 81 songs in it. It's really, really fantastic. Uh, if you nice. want to listen to the uh, podcast, it's a little over, uh, it's about an hour and 18 minutes. Um, so really good listen. Check that out. We will have links in the show notes there. Slate heard that you don't listen to popular music and decided to make a Matt Tamanini themed episode or catered episode, I should say. I appreciate that. But I will say after the last time we talked about me not knowing anything about pop music, I did download a number of songs of a number of albums that had been recommended by Stephen Thompson on uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour. So I'm going to run through them here real quick because I've got them on my uh, uh, on my phone. Uh, I downloaded Casey Musgrave's Golden Hour. Uh, wow. I, d- I downloaded Kesha's Rainbow. Nice. Very solid choice. And Lucy Silva's, I guess it's EGO. Uh-huh. Um, so those are the three. I also downloaded Joni Mitchell's Greatest Hits, which obviously. Of course. Not in the same thing there. But uh, I'm, I'm working my way through those. I listened to uh, Casey Musgraves and Kesha's. I, I really like them. I'm losing on Lucy Silva's as well now. So I, I, I'm trying. Pop music expert, Matt Tamanini. Yeah. Pop music. Talk about. Anyway, okay. so Ashley, let's close out the show with a random mix of news. First up, yesterday, the St. Louis Muni announced that Tony nominee Beth Malone will be replacing Tony nominee Will Swenson as Miss Trunchbull in their production of Matilda, which is going to run from August 5th through the 11th. Malone will be joining a cast that also includes Laura Michelle Kelly, Anne Harada, Josh Grisetti, Darlicia Searcy and more. Going from St. Louis to Beantown, yesterday we learned that the cast of the American Repertory Theater production of Six will be the Chicago Shakespeare Theater 
Company of Six, and I assume the Edmonton Company of Six, as well as the Broadway Company of Six. The only change will be that Samantha Polly, who originated the role of Catherine Howard in Chicago, she left the run in Chicago and was replaced by Courtney Mack for the extension. Polly went to go over and play Evita opposite Hector Rivera in Regent's Park Open Air Theater production of the show from August 2nd through September 21st. Since the show is scheduled to play the Citadel in Edmonton, uh, I think starting on November 2nd. I wouldn't be surprised if Polly returned to the company at that point, but if they're keeping this company from Chicago and going to Boston or Cambridge, Ashley, I would imagine that this is the company that is probably going to end up on Broadway, which I understand what they're trying to do. Keep the costs low. It's a small, cheap show, but man, I just feel like that's a really poor producing decision. I don't disagree with you. I think there are so many more interesting things that you could do with a Broadway cast. And it's not like you need to have like Lady Gaga or um, any of the people Kesha in there. Yeah. You, can, you can get Casey Broadway. Yeah, you can get Broadway names and Plus. they're not going to make that much more money than the equity minimum. You're probably going to be paying these folks. Um, right. You know, we always talk about high salaries in Broadway. And unless you're Bette Midler, like the company's paychecks especially when there's only six people in the cast i mean not including standbys or whatever that's not going to be the biggest expenditure when it comes to a broadway investment it's going to be i mean it's really it's the rent so i'm kind of surprised that they're not going for some some bigger known names maybe they will when it comes to broadway but i really really doubt it at this point yeah, we'll see what happens. And finally, Ashley, yesterday, Disney Theatrical Group and Music Theater International announced plans to release new junior versions of shows over the next few years, including some that have either never been stage properties before or have never had commercial runs. In September of this year, they will release Frozen Kids. Then in January, they will begin licensing Moana Jr. Then in September of 2020, we will get Newsies Jr. And finally, in January of 2021, we will be getting Finding Nemo Jr. The kids' versions of these shows, which is the Frozen Kids here, are 30-minute adaptations meant specifically for elementary school kids, while the junior versions are roughly an hour and are focused on like middle school and junior high ages. Currently, there is no stage version of Moana, so that'll be interesting. And the only place to see Finding Nemo the musical is at Animal Kingdom down here at Disney in Orlando. But if you don't know that it's by Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, and I think it's a really great, and I'm bummed that it's never been turned into a full-length stage show. I think it's about an hour. It's really, really good, and the staging is great down here. Um, so You've I've, seen I've, it, then. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it multiple times. It's really cool. fun. I mean, it's a, it's a Bobby and Kristen Lopez musical, sure. so of course it's good. So um, I love to see this kind of stuff, Ashley. Just this past mm-hmm. weekend, my niece was in Aladdin Jr., and let oh, me just say she played a fantastic Iago. Um, nice. So the more chances that we get to have kids you know, brought into the world of theater via properties and characters and songs that they already know and love. I think that's only a, the, you know, a good thing for the future yeah. of theater. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of people, myself included, like to complain about the kind of Disneyfication of Broadway, but you would not have as many people, I don't think, getting into theater if yeah. shows like Aladdin, Lion King didn't exist, now Frozen, you know, it's 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 one of those double-edged swords, but for the most part, I think it's a really good thing. And I love to see kids in theater. I spent my entire adolescence in theater in one way or another, so 
more theater kids. Yeah, and not only that, but the current crop of musical theater writers are generally the people who grew up on this new generation exactly. of Disney movie musicals. So even if they're not working on Disney-specific shows, they are heavily influenced by the likes of of Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz, yes. um, who wrote those shows over the years. And whether or not people love the fact that Disney has become such a, an influence on Broadway, which I personally think it's a good thing, mm -hmm. um, Disney's fingerprints are all over just about everything that's being written for Broadway in one way or another, even if it's just because of the influences on people when they were kids. And they're the easiest things that you're going to change from a full-blown musical to a junior musical. Like, you're not going to get a Book of Mormon Junior. Let's be realist. <laughs> Although as amazing as that would be. <laughs> yes, I'm signing up for it. Yeah, I kind of actually need that now. <laughs> Produce that as well. If there's a producer listening, please book Book of Mormon Junior. My God, can you imagine? Okay. All right. Um, here's here's a little bit of uh, scoop that I'm just seeing retweeted on the Twitter machine. Ooh. Apparently, we're gonna get a trailer for the Cats movie this week. Oh God. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what the hell this thing looks like. Oh, I I can certainly wait. I will. Uh, I'll be waiting. <laughs> I I've never seen a thing with cats. I've never seen a, the movie version, the filmed version. I've never seen it on stage. But oh, I'm really curious to see what this thing looks like. They've hyped up the technology for this a lot, so we'll see what it looks like. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't let out. Don't let Alan Henry hear you say that. Although, I, I I know. I'm sorry, Alan. Although he doesn't really care for the, he's not uh, uh he's not too super excited about this film version. But anyway, that's all we've got for today. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt Ashley. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No This Is Ashley. Uh, so have a great Tuesday, everybody. And Ashley, and I'll be back to talk to you on Wednesday. Yay. Oh, <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I went to the gym. I'm tired. Le leave that in.